Hey friends, it's been a minute since we've met, but since we've last joined together, we had a baby up in here, y'all. Our sweet little chicken biscuit came an entire month early, but he's here and everyone is healthy and totally sleep deprived. So now that we're all back together, I'm so excited to introduce my sweet friend, Holly Meyer. If you've ever had the pleasure of meeting Holly, you know the instant peace and calming her presence carries. She's a creative, a bubble of pure joy, and y'all, she doesn't even like the movie Elf. We get to that later in the podcast, don't worry. But today, she takes us through her journey of grieving the loss of her mother at age 11 and how God has shown himself faithful to her all these years later as she is now a mama herself. I believe you will find encouragement and joy through Holly's heart today. Both my parents actually met in the military. Um, it's a kind of a crazy story, but my dad worked in the mailroom and he was intercepting letters from my mom's boyfriend overseas and he made her fall in love with him. It was a really sweet story. So um, when I was 11, my parents came to us and they said, hey, mommy is sick and we um, are gonna take her to the doctor and um, you know, just make sure everything's okay. Um, and so they took her to the doctor, they did lots of tests, and it came back that she had a brain tumor on the back of her skull, like at the top of her spine, basically. So they went to do the surgery, and there were a lot of complications. So I remember like laying on the couch, and then I like peeked up over, and I just remember her like being with her friends and laughing, and like just, I can remember her laugh, and I just, that's like my last memory of her. I definitely, it's those big life moments that you feel like, man, I really wish she was here for this. Like just seeing, like now that I'm a mom and I have a son, like seeing, I love him so much. Like knowing that my mom felt that love for me is just like, I don't know, it's it's just really special. Truly the most unconditional love I've ever experienced and to know like that's just a glimpse of what God has for us. like. It's just, it's hard to comprehend, I feel like. But the thing that I've clung to is God is good. And even though I sometimes don't understand, a lot of the time I don't understand, um, He is good and He's faithful. And um, I'm a testimony of that because I, I have a beautiful life and I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed. And literally, like every night when I'm laying my head on the pillow, I'm just like, how did I get here? Hey, my name is Holly Meyer. I'm a wife, a mom, an Enneagram 9, an oily lover, a creative, and a worshiper. And this is my get-up story. Well, hey, girl. Welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe-to-toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things. Marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl. It's time to get up. So I am the oldest of three kids. Uh, my brother and sister are two and a half years younger than me. They are twins. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. They're twins. Um, Wait, brother, boy, girl twins? Uh-huh. Fraternal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, my both my parents actually met in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of a crazy story, but my dad worked in the mailroom and he was intercepting letters from my mom's boyfriend overseas <gasps> and he made her fall in love with him. It was a really sweet story. What? Um, <laughs> okay, wait. It's kind of a long story, but it's insane. Yeah. What do you mean by intercepting mail? Kind of, well, kind of some illegal activities, but um, he... <laughs> like a federal offense? <laughs> yes. So they were stationed in Australia and my dad worked... Or maybe he had a friend that was in the mailroom, and he liked my mom, and he decided, I'm going to make a move in. And he totally 
was intercepting her letters and that poor boyfriend overseas, like, never heard from her again. Oh my so, gosh. Isn't that crazy? I actually didn't find that out until our wedding um, at our reception or our um, rehearsal dinner. My dad told that speech. Isn't that funny? So, so okay, wait. Illegal activities <laughs> so many <questions>. for love. <laughs> I'm assuming he told your mom the truth eventually that he was intercepting letters. I want to say she found out like after they were married that he did this. And he said that she was mad for like a few minutes and then was like, that's the sweetest thing anyone's ever done or something like that. I mean, it is. That does sound like something out of a movie. Truly. But I do kind of feel bad for the boyfriend because I, I mean, he's like, he never heard. <laughs> he just never oh heard. From God. I think he even faked like a letter from him or something. Like it's a crazy story that I literally didn't find out until like three years ago. But wow. Yeah. Your dad. So, Look at that. <laughs> he knew weird. what he wanted. He went after Yeah. It. Well, yeah. <clears throat> so they met in Australia. They ended up falling in love, getting married and um, moving back to the States. And then um, when my mom found out she was pregnant with me, she ended up getting out of the military. So um, my dad was in the Navy, and um, he worked on submarines. He would be gone for like six months, nine months, maybe a year. Wow. Um, And so that happened more when we were younger, though. So I don't really remember him being gone a ton. Um, We got to live in some really cool places. Yeah. Um, I was born in Connecticut, and um, we lived in Florida, Hawaii, Arizona, Hawaii. Um, Texas. Yeah. So. What was your favorite place you lived? Oh, Hawaii for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Arizona is actually really beautiful too. So if you ever yeah. get the chance to go there, it's really beautiful. Huh. But yeah, so we um, we grew up in a, a really great, loving family. My parents were awesome. We grew up going to church, which I'm really thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I accepted Jesus at a very young age. Um, and yeah, we had a pretty like, I guess, quote unquote, normal childhood, pretty yeah. normal life, middle class, um, very loving. And, um, yeah, it was a, we had a good, good life. Yeah. yeah. What, how, how old were you when you gave your life to Jesus? Um, I would say elementary school. Like I don't yeah. really remember my age. <laughs> That's really terrible. Oh. Um, but I would say probably like, um, first or second grade, like yeah. really pretty young. Yeah. And did you, you know, since you made that decision so young, mm-hmm. I mean, did that decision stay with you? Like, even into your teen years and early 20s? and Yes. So, wow. and I'll attribute that a lot to my parents because we did stay in church. We They would do Bible studies at our house. Yeah. And it was very like, that was just part of our life. So, yeah. um, and then obviously into teen years and stuff, that was kind of my decision. But yeah, we... That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, just the holding power mm-hmm. that God had on your life. That's, I feel like, very rare. Especially when... That decision is made so young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's amazing. So, I mean, what were your what were your views on God growing up? Like- um, I would say it was kind of surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, we read our Bible, we pray, um, we don't sin because that means that we would go to hell. So it was a very kind of surface level um, belief in God, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit or any of like the gifts of the Spirit or anything like that until mm-hmm. I got older, probably. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 15. But um, up until then, it was more, we go to church because that's what we do. And I knew I loved God and I knew God loved me, but I didn't really have like a deep relationship with yeah. him. I would pray like, God, help me do good on this test or, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But it yeah. was a very, it was more of a surface level, I would say. Okay. So then when you were 15, you got filled with the Holy Spirit. What, how, what brought that on? So we actually were at my grandparents' church and they had this person there, this woman, a family friend, and she just explained it and it made sense to me. And I was like, they gave an opportunity. Do you want to come up and be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I remember being like, I think I want to go up there. And so I went up there and me and my brother and, um, they prayed over us and we just, started speaking in our prayer language. And so that's incredible. Yeah. And I remember like, I thinking back on it now, like I'm just so thankful because high school's hard. Yeah. Um, and I just remember I would walk through the halls and like under my breath, I would just be praying in my prayer language, like while I'm walking to class. Cause I was just like very nervous and yeah. like, you know, and, um, so I just, it was a very sweet time and I'm just very thankful for that opportunity. But oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That's really cool. Um, okay, sorry, I kind of jumped ahead no, a little okay. bit there, but um, so 
uh, growing up, so you got saved at a very young age, and um, you said, you know, your parents were always doing Bible studies and things like that, and so at what age did your dad, because you said he was gone a lot, but you were really young, so what, when did he come back home, I guess? Um, honestly, I don't remember the exact, like, time frame, but probably, like, when we were in elementary school. When we, when we mm-hmm. moved to Hawaii, I was in, I went, I started preschool kindergarten, and that's when he was really home most of the time. So he wasn't really gone, like, for most of my life, but it was just more of the younger years, so. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you, when your mom got out of the military, what did she do? So she stayed at home with us. Um, She would work, like, kind of odd jobs. She worked for Hallmark for a little while. She would, like, go and, like, stock the cards and stuff. I would actually get to go with her sometimes. We would, like. I love Hallmark stores. Hey, mom, can, um can I go do cards with you tonight? And she'd be like, okay, go to sleep. And so I would act like I was going to sleep. (laughs) And then she would like come and wake me up and we'd like sneak off and have like a little like date. We would buy donuts and chocolate milk. And I'd just sit there while she like stocked the cards and (laughs) it was really fun. That's awesome. But um, yeah, for the most part, she stayed home with us. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, And so then what, kind of tell us about your mom's story and her, Mm -hmm. her journey. So, um, when I was 11, I turned 11 in the year 2000, Mm -hmm. um, uh, my parents came to us and they said, Hey, mommy is sick and we, um, are going to take her to the doctor and, um, you know, just make sure everything's okay. Um, she had some like episodes here and there where I remember just very vaguely of her like fainting or like one time she was in the kitchen and she just passed out and like hit the floor. Mm. Um, another time I remember she was sitting at the table with my aunts and like just started falling out of her chair. Just very like odd things that, you know, didn't make sense at the time. Um, and so they were like, clearly something's not okay here. So they took her to the doctor. I want to say in like December of 1999, um, my time frame's a little messed up here because I was 11, so I don't really remember yeah. the exact. It to me, it seemed a lot faster, but I think there were several months in between. Um, and so they took her to the doctor. They did lots of tests, and it came back that she had a brain tumor on the back of her skull, like at the mm-hmm. top of her spine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the type of tumor that like had kind of grown just over time, probably her whole life, um, and so it was causing her to like black out, have really bad headaches, that kind of thing. Um, and so they decided, um, obviously to have it removed. And so I remember they sat us down and they said, Hey, mommy's going to go in and she's going to have some surgery to, um, fix a problem. Like they're very vague, obviously as you would be, I was 11, my brother and sister were eight. Um, and so we were like, okay. And really, I don't ever remember it feeling like very heavy or like I wasn't worried or scared. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. kind of, that's just, okay, she's going to go in and get it fixed and yeah. everything will like, be fine. That's what you do. Yeah. You're safe. Why, you go why to the doctor. You? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so um, then on March 17th, 2000, um, she went in to have surgery. Um, and from what my dad and I have talked about, um, I believe she, um, before she went in for surgery, they had done like, some type of dye to see how big the tumor was Mm -hmm. and they estimated it. And then from the time she had that done, which it could have been a couple months or whatever until the day of her surgery, um, it had grown quite significantly. So they went to do the surgery and there were a lot of complications. Um, to make a long story short, they ended up having to put her on life support. Um, Mm. and so she was on life support for three days And, um, my sweet dad, he had to obviously be up at the hospital with her, but he had to be the one to like make that decision. Do we keep her on life support? Do we take her off? All the while he has like three kids at home Mm -hmm. and just all the stuff. So I remember each day he would come home from the hospital and we would say, we'd see the carpool in the driveway and we'd run out there and we'd say, how's mommy? How's mommy? And he would say, well, well guys, we're not sure, you know, everything's we're just kind of waiting. And, um, then I remember the day he came home, it was on March 20th, 2000. Um, he pulled into the driveway with my cousin, Danny, and, um, he was much older than us, kind of more like an uncle, but he had been up to the hospital with him and I could just tell something wasn't 
right. Like I could tell something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he brought us into the living room and my grandma was in town, um, staying with us and he sat us down and he told us that they had to take her off life support. Um, and I remember we were like begging, 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 can we please go see her? Can we please go see her? And, um, he obviously told us no because she just didn't really look how we would remember her to look. Yeah. And, um, so it was, um, just a very shocking moment. And I, something that I remember is I had a friend over that day and I just think about her all the time. Like what a crazy moment to like be at your friend's house when you found out like her mom died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they told us, um, and then, uh, I just, I don't really remember a ton after that. I remember that we obviously were crying and very sad and, um, then we had her funeral and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it was a very sudden thing. I will say one fun memory, or one, not fun, but one memory I do have that is just like, I cherish it, is the night before her surgery, I remember I couldn't sleep, and so she had some friends over, and I like came out into the living room. I was always that kid that was like, wanted to be at the adult party, like, I'm missing out <laughs> on something. Yeah. Um. And so I remember I went out there and was like, mommy, I can't sleep. And she's like, well, just lay on the couch right here. And the way it was set up, our couch faced the kitchen, like the back of the couch faced the kitchen. So I remember like laying on the couch and then I like peeked up over. And I just remember her like being with her friends and laughing and like, just, I can remember her laugh. And I just, that's like my last memory of her. And Mm. so I just cherish that because I, yeah, it's just a sweet little memory that I have. Yeah. And so you said when there were complications in surgery and mm-hmm. so they put her on life support, um, did you and your siblings go up to the hospital at all to see her? No. So we, once she left for surgery, we never, no. okay. never saw her. Mm-mm. Okay. Which I'm in turn thankful for because when someone goes into surgery and they have, you know, complicated, and it's, I'm, my dad was like, she just didn't look. I would, I didn't want that to be the last memory you had of her Yeah, looking not like herself, which I appreciate because I think for an 11 year old, that would have been pretty like traumatic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but when she left to go to surgery, we didn't, that was the last time that yeah. we saw her. Well, that is sweet that you have that memory of her just like laughing and mm-hmm. just being in her element, you know, right before she went into surgery. Um, with, with your siblings, cause since you were the oldest, did you ever feel like you had to play a mom role to them? Um, not more than like any, like a bossy 11 year old would feel. (laughs) Um, thankfully my dad's mom, we called her Nanny Isley. She came and lived with us for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she really kind of helped fill that mother role. She was there for us and, you know, pick us up from school and, all that. So no, I didn't, I didn't really have to step into that okay. kind of role or anything. Cause I know, I mean, I've, I've just heard with older siblings, that's mm-hmm. kind of a comp, like kind of, you feel that obligation, right? Yeah. especially for, um, sister, like female right. siblings, mm-hmm. older female siblings, like to step in and be, you know, mm-hmm. that motherly role. Yeah. So, but that's great that you had family there. Yeah. Um, what was, what was the relationship with your dad, um, with y'all and your dad, like after her passing? Um, I mean, it was good. I mean, my dad's always been an awesome dad. And, um, I think about it now that I'm a parent and I'm like, I just, he has three kids and just, he's lost the love of his life. Like, I don't even know like how you even handle that. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I mean, we've always, I've always been close to my dad and, Mm -hmm. um, he's always been very loving and caring for us, did the best he knew to do, you know? Um, so I would say it was good. We never really, um, went to any kind of counseling or anything like that. I do remember we went to like one or two, I think grief counseling type things. It could have been more, but I just don't really remember going very often. Yeah. Um, and so we never really talked about it a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just because maybe he didn't know how to talk about it or, um, I don't know. We just never never really talked about it. Not until probably I would say, okay, so I'm 31. I would say probably like four years ago, I finally just like brought it up on a phone call. Cause my dad doesn't live here, but I said, Hey, do you, can we talk about mom? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
it wasn't ever that the door was closed. Like he didn't want to talk about it. I think it was one of those things that maybe he just didn't know how to bring it up. And it was probably really such a hard topic for him to talk about too. So, um, but yeah, my dad's awesome. And we've, I mean, we've always had a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. What was, um, so you were 11 Mm -hmm. when she passed. Um, do you remember, like, was there ever a time where you questioned God or you were angry at God or like, did you ever have to sort through any of that with your relationship with God? You know, I've thought about this a lot because I feel like that would be like your first reaction. Like, yeah, why, why would this happen to me? And I can honestly say that's never happened. Wow. Um, which I've kind of questioned, like, is there a time in my life where I felt that way? But honestly, I just feel like the Lord has had like his keeping power on my life, like his hand on my life. Yeah. Um, there's so many opportunities I look back and I'm like, that could have really gone wrong. Like just in just life situations. And I truly just feel like the Lord's grace has been on my life. And thankfully I never blamed him. Um, but I think that it's kind of come out in other ways in my life that I've not dealt with her passing or things like that. Mm. And so, no, I never blamed God. And I'm just thankful that that was the case because I know like that is how a lot of people would deal with that. And it's, I mean, a valid thought, like, yeah, how could this happen? Why would this happen? But, um, yeah. So man, that's, yeah. I feel like that's the rare response. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So moving like into your teenage years and Mm -hmm. then your, you know, early adulthood. Um, cause you were in ministry, uh, church on the move. Yes. So I interned at church on the move. Um, and I went to Bible school before that, um, at a Bible college or Bible school in, um, like Houston area. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, after high school, I went to Bible college and then I did an internship at church on the move and it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, moved here to Shreveport uh-huh. and, um, met Cliff and we got married and yeah, I know it's been a blast. <laughs> what, what brought you to Shreveport? Um, honestly, uh, Hannah lives here, my best friend. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so yeah, my best friend lives here and I just kind of wanted to do something new and mm-hmm. she was like, well, I can find you a job. And she <laughs> talked to our pastors and got me a job and I moved here. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Oh, uh, that's so awesome. So you've lived a lot of places. You've yes. done a lot of things. Yes. Um, okay. So let, let's talk about Cliff and well, Cliff's amazing. Um, but when y'all got married, mm-hmm. I mean, was there ever any question for you? Like, as far as, you know, being a mom one day. I mean, I don't know. Like, what did anything ever go through your mind as far as your your mom's passing impact you now? Um, so, I definitely, it's those big life moments that you feel like, man, I really wish she was here for this. Yeah. Um, so, I knew, I've always known I wanted to be a mom um, and have kids. That never, like, went away when she passed. Yeah. So it wasn't until I had Samuel, until I was a mom, that I really kind of started having to deal with some underlying like thoughts and just really undealt with grief, I think. Yeah. Um, after I had Samuel, probably, I mean, it was pretty immediate that first week, two, three weeks, um, I had some really bad, I had a panic attack, which I've never had that. I didn't even know what that really felt like yeah. or... I've never really been someone who's dealt with anxiety, um, or at least I didn't know that I did. Yeah. Um, and so I just, one night I couldn't speak. I, it literally felt like an out of body experience. I felt this really heaviness on me. I went and I laid in our bed and I just felt like this deep sadness just over me. And I was very scared. Um, and that happened to me several nights in a row. And so it became this thing where I would have like this anxiety all day because I knew at seven o'clock I'm going to feel that panic of, Mm. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. What if something happens to Samuel, which some of those thoughts are normal for a new mom, like you're caring for an infant. (laughs) Um, but at some point I finally came clean to cliff, like, 
hey, something's not right. I'm feeling very off. And so we called a family friend who happens to be a counselor. And she was like, hey, I'm coming into town today. I fly back in and I'm going to come meet you at your house. And so she came and sat in my living room and talked with me for about an hour. And um, she really helped me realize that a lot of these issues that I was having, like these baby blues and this anxiety was because my mom's not here. And she said, you, when a, when a woman has a child, it's usually her mom comes over. She comes to stay for two weeks. She helps you. She guides you. She answers all your questions and you don't have that. And she was like, you are longing for that. And you're a new mom and all you want is your mom. And so that really kind of opened up my eyes like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. Mm. I've kind of just accepted like, this is my life. Why live in the past? Why dwell on what could have been? And I, in some ways I think that's good, but in other ways I think it's okay to be vulnerable and like Mm -hmm. wish those things and want those things. And so I will say though, um, my mother-in-law is absolutely fantastic. Uh, She is the most amazing mother-in-law I could have ever dreamed of. Um, and I remember like being a kid, I think I, I saw some movie where they depicted the mother-in-law as like terrible. And I just remember being a little kid and thinking like, I want, I want to be friends with my mother-in-law one day and like praying as a little kid, like, God, please let me have a good mother-in-law. And so like, she truly is an answer to prayer. Like there's no one like her. And like, while my mom will never be replaced, like she is like my mom, like she's like a second mom Mm. to me. So the Lord has just been like so gracious to just place her in my life as a mother figure and she really stepped in and helped and has helped me um just in that motherly role and so um but going back to like the anxiety and that postpartum depression and all that I ended up going to counseling and um that's something I've never done in my 31 years I've Mm -hmm. never been to a counselor and um that just helped so much like so immensely that helped just kind of talk things out and really realize like there are some undealt with things and yeah, yeah, it was really eye opening. Yes. So, I mean, what, what was that journey like at third? Well, how old were you when you had Samuel? 29? Uh, yes. Yeah. 29. Yeah. 29. And then I turned 30 shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, after you started the counseling journey and, Mm -hmm. and realized like there was some unresolved, like you said, unresolved grief. I mean, what, was that process like for you as like you're married, you're a mom mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, now I'm walking through this, you know, honestly, I'm still kind of figuring a little bit of it out. Yeah. Um, Cliff is amazing. He's very open to me talking about it and just, he loves to hear stories about my mom and just mm-hmm. asks about her. And so I think that's something that's been really great because like I said, growing up, we didn't really talk about it. Um, and so having just him there, that's like, well, what would your mom have thought about this? Or, what do you think your mom would have wanted to be called as a grandma or just Aww. asking me those questions? It's things yeah. that I didn't really know that I needed, but just to be able to talk about her has, has really helped. Um, and I don't know, I think, um, just kind of acknowledging that it's okay to be sad that she's not here. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so simple, but I think that's really helped too. And just it's becoming a mom is like, one of the most beautiful and wild things I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And you don't really like understand it till you're there. But like just seeing like now that I'm a mom and I have a son, like seeing I love him so much, like knowing that my mom felt that love for me. is mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. It's, it's just really special. So it's yeah. been, it's something, like I said, I'm still working through and still learning. And every day I'm like, oh, I didn't realize like that was still there, like that I still have this thing to work on or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's been, it's been a really good journey to Mm -hmm. go on, I think. So, yeah. And, and how, how cool that God's given you that revelation of, like you said, like now that you're a mom Mm -hmm. and you love Samuel so much Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, this is how my mom felt Mm -hmm. about me, you know, like, I just, I love when God does stuff like that. I feel like it's just so kind of the Lord to mm-hmm. like give us those little nuggets or like yeah. revelations. And, and also, which in turn teaches us about his love for us yes. too, you yes. know, which was my next question I was going to ask you was, <laughs> um, through this whole journey, I mean, have you, 
what what have you learned about God? Like, or maybe has he revealed anything to you about like his heart? Mm-hmm. And what's that been like? It's just, it's like I said, like people could tell you all day long, like becoming a parent truly does show you the heart of God. But um, like, I never really understood that. And like Samuel is two and he has opinions and he has, <laughs> he has like outbursts sometimes and like does silly things and just, I just like sit back and I think this is, it's just wild to me. Like no matter what Samuel does, like it doesn't matter what he does. I'm going to love him no matter what. Like it truly the most unconditional love I've ever Mm -hmm. experienced. And to know like, that's just a glimpse of what God has for us. Like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to comprehend. I feel like, but it's just given me such a better view because I grew up thinking like, if I do good, then I am good and God accepts me. Yeah. And thinking like, oh, I thought a bad thought. Like, oh, I got to go. Like, God's mad at me now. And so I grew up with that mindset. And it's something that I still have to work through today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think just ha- having a child is just such an eye-opener. And it just really shows you, like, first of all, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and second of all, like, regardless of what I do, I'm accepted and God loves me. And there's nothing I can do that would ever change that. Yeah. And I think that's, and and I don't know why this is, maybe some theological person out there that hears this can answer (laughs) my question, but like that mindset of, like you said, oh, I had a bad thought, so I have to, like God's mad at me. Yes. Um, I don't know why that is so ingrained in us as humans, (laughs) but I mean, I've even battled that, like being pregnant because my pregnancy has just been really rough. Um, And I've had to battle that mindset of like, well, cause like when you said you, you've always desired to be a mom, that is so foreign to me. Right. I've, yeah. and my mom is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, I mean, I had a great role model, yeah. like, but, um, I've just never, that's never been like a, a heart desire for me. Mm-hmm. I also never wanted to get married and I did that. So, <laughs> you know, but, um, but I've personally had to work through like, oh, well, my pregnancy is so hard mm-hmm. because I never really desired kids. So, like, this is kind of what I get, you right. know, yeah. or um, battling guilt of, like, when I found out I was pregnant, I wasn't thrilled. Right. I mean, that sounds, God, like, I hear myself say that and it sounds terrible, but it's yeah. like, not that I was, I wasn't devastated by any means, but I was like, oh, okay, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally, you know. And so then I battle guilt of like, God, this this is such a gift from God. I should be just overflowing with joy and thanks. Mm -hmm. And so this is my punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I don't know why we think that way about God because that's so not how he operates. But I think maybe because that's how we operate. Uh Like, well, if you did me wrong, well, I'm going to do. It's like a checks and balance. Yes, that's the perfect. Yeah, I think it's. And so like what a revelation that that's how like our hearts can be, you know, like that's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, I yeah. don't know why. I don't, <laughs> I wish I had the answer. No, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I need somebody to answer that for me. Um, ha- have you and your siblings ever had conversations? Like I know you said you and your dad didn't really talk about it much until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you and your brother and sister ever have these conversations like hey how are you handling this are you good or you know anything um no not not really um definitely not when we were like going through it I mean they were eight I was 11 it's kind of like we're just trying to get through this um but in our adult lives not really um yeah not really we haven't really ever Mm -hmm. talked about I don't think it's that they aren't open to talking about it I think it might just be well, for one, it's been 20 years, so it's kind of like, where do you even start? Yeah. You know? I mean, do I call you up and say, hey, let's chat, you know? Yeah. Or is it just kind of... Um, I mean, she'll come up in conversations every now and again, and I'll try to bring it up because it's been really helpful for me to talk about it. Um, but yeah, we haven't ever really sat down and like had a mm-hmm. conversation or anything about it. Yeah. I just wondered if they... Um, the reason I asked that is because I wondered if they had any of the similar anxieties or that, that you've discovered. Yeah. 
that you haven't worked through, you know, or you're like, oh, that's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wondered if those conversations had happened. So. No, yeah, I hope that they do because I think it would be really good. But yeah, yeah we we haven't yet. Yeah, and I mean, do you do you ever remember when you were 11 and you know, you your dad sat y'all down and got the news like, just moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mean. Did you ever have days where you just were like, I wish mom was here or like, why isn't mom here? You know, like, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like an 11 year old brain and the questions that mm-hmm. would, I mean, did you ever ask any questions like that or? Um, I mean, I definitely remember, like, I remember there were several times like I could have sworn she was in the house, like the phone would ring and I could have sworn I heard her say, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of those instances where I just kind of thought like, oh, well, she'll be there. Like, or, oh, she'll get it. And so I think that took a lot of adjusting. Um, But as far as as asking why isn't she here and stuff, I pretty, I understood like she's not going to come back. Um, Now my brother and sister, they may have had some questions, but as far as me personally, um, no, like I knew she was gone. Yeah. Um, and of course I could have asked, I don't remember having those thoughts or mm-hmm. wondering, but I do remember a lot of the time I, it was just kind of like muscle memory. Like you just expect, yeah. like I'm going to go in the room and she's going to be in there folding laundry or, um, which this is a fun thing. We would always go, she and I would go get, do you know those her, uh, chocolate Hershey's pies from, um, Burger King. They're like in the Mm-mm. triangle box. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, they're like the, um, you can buy them at the grocery store too, yeah. but they sell them at Burger King and those were our favorite. Mm-hmm. And so we would always go, like if it was just she and I, we would go get one and like eat them and they were so good. Well, now every year on March 20th, me and Cliff will go, well, I've done it my, by myself, but now that I'm married, Cliff will go with me and we'll get a chocolate Aww. Hershey's pie in her memory, in her honor. Um, but yeah, we... I never really questioned, I think, because I, I knew, like, yeah. she's gone. Like, you had an understanding. Yes, that this yes. Was, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that you do the pie. On, that's so sweet. Yeah. And you'll have to go try one. Yeah. yeah they're good. Chocolatey. <laughs> um, did your dad ever remarry? He did. Okay. Um, he remarried when I was, I think I was 13, so, so about two years later. Okay. Um, and um, they were married for about 10 years. And then he and her, they ended their okay. marriage. Um, probably, oh, it's been, it's been a few years yeah. since then. So, um, so you were still pretty young when they yes. got remarried. So, what was that process like for you? Um, it was pretty. At first, like we kind of, I, honestly, I didn't really know what to think. Like mm-hmm. my dad was like, "Hey, I've met someone." Um, and we were like, okay. And, you know, kind of like kids, like, okay. Yeah. And, um, then we found out like, oh, this is moving kind of quick. They ended up getting engaged and married pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and so at first, like it was a great relationship. Um, I mean, as great as blending families can be, she had a daughter. Um, and so we all got along pretty well. Um, and then, um, just kind of as the years went on and like I'm becoming a teenager and like all that stuff, she and I ended up, we did butt heads kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just different opinions, different upbringings, different thoughts. Um, and so our relationship was pretty strained, me and my stepmom. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a difficult time. I'll say that during yeah. their marriage. Um, and she she had a daughter, like I said, um, and we're still we stay still stay in contact and everything. Oh, um, that's awesome. But I never really felt accepted as like her child. Um, not that I was her child, but like I never yeah. felt fully accepted as like I'm gonna love you as my own or anything like that. And so I think that caused a lot of strain there. And I'm sure there was some from me too, a little bit of resistance because like. You're not my mom, you know? Um, So there was definitely some of that. Um, And yeah, it was, it was definitely, I think a lot of that has to do to, um, with just my view on life and stuff now. Like when I met with our friend that was a counselor, she said, you know, you were never fully embraced 
by your stepmom. She mm. never took you under her wing as this child who has lost a mother and she was not nurturing to you. She didn't, you know, and so I had never really thought about that. Um, but when she kind of talked about it like that, there was a little bit of, like, I kind of realized, oh, like I, there was lack in that area yeah. in my life. And so I think some of those things are what kind of caused a little bit of that anxiety too. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. My, my last question for you regarding your mom is, um, and you know, I, I have not lost a parent. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents are still here and, um, wonderful, you know, but just yesterday my mom came over and brought me lunch and, uh, and we were just sitting here talking and it's interesting, you know, I know little biscuit didn't hear yet. <laughs> yes. Well, probably by the time this podcast comes out, he will be here, which is yes. weird to say. That is so weird. That's weird. And, and we love you, little, <laughs> little baby. Um, and I'm going to be like listening to this when, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's here. Um, but anyway, but my mom was here yesterday and, uh, when she left and my, my family, we're not like big physical touch. Mm-hmm. Like we don't hug a lot and stuff like that. And, uh, my mom hugged me and I, you know, hug and then went to like pull away and she didn't let me go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we're still hugging. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know. And she just started crying. Oh. And I'll probably get emotional because I'm pregnant. Um, and she, and I, I was like, oh, mom, mom, you know, I'm like kind of patting her. I'm like, hey. Um, and she just told me how excited she was, you know, and she, and of course she was like, I just never thought I'd see the day where you were going to be a mom, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, me, me and you both. Um, but anyway, it was just a very, special moment between me and my mom yesterday and I'm sitting here listening to you and and tell your story and I I cannot I'm trying so hard to like put myself in your position mm-hmm. and it honestly Holly like really breaks my heart and I and I know you said it's been 20 years and mm-hmm. and you've done healing and you've been in counseling and you know and um and God's walked you through this and which I'm so glad for but it's just like I my heart literally aches because I'm thinking I'm a, I am about to be a mom and all I want is my mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I just, and I know you and I know your heart and you're so amazing. And, you know, and I just, my, my, it does, my heart just aches because I can't imagine what that's been like to have to walk through that and figure that out, you know? And especially after you becoming a mom and when you said all of that really started to surface, Um, but I think it's amazing that you're sitting here and you're, and you're telling this story and you're just talking about how God has really restored that, you know, and, um, that you were never angry with God and you never, you know, why me or why this or, um, and I just think it's incredible that, that you've just stayed that close to the heart of God through all of this. even, you know, at such a young age that feels like, I feel like that's so rare, and I don't know if you realize that. I just feel like that's so um, not the norm, you know. And and I think that's just obviously speaks to your character too. But um, and like you said, God's grace over you that has just held you close to Him, yeah. um, to where you can tell this this story, this part of your story, and bring hope and healing to others who have walked this journey. You know, like I said, I have not walked this journey. Yeah. Um, but I know that so many people have. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's amazing that you can use this to bring God glory. And I don't know, I just think it's incredible. So well, thank you. I just wanted to tell you that. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. But my last, my last question for you uh, is what, in that lane, what is some advice or words of wisdom maybe that you would give to someone um, who may hear this podcast that has walked this journey or m- might be right smack in the middle mm-hmm. of, of this journey? Um, I think I would say the first thing that comes to mind is God is good mm-hmm. all the time, um, regardless of your situation, regardless of a diagnosis, a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, that's something that I cling to is that God is good. Yeah. And, um, we live in a world where bad things happen yeah. a lot. Um, we live in a world where things aren't fair. And um, I think just clinging to 
the promise that God is faithful and that he does have a plan and a purpose. And did I think when I was 11 or 10 or 7 when I was accepting Jesus that 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 my life would look the way that it does absolutely not yeah um I pictured my mom being there on my wedding day Mm. and being there when I had my first baby and getting ready for prom and you know trying out for dance team and all of those things teaching me how to do my makeup oh I wish she would have been there to teach me to do my makeup (laughs) (laughs) um but through it all while the that is a painful thing and it's a loss that will and that's a void that will never be filled because she's gone I, the thing that I've clung to is God is good. And Mm -hmm. even though I sometimes don't understand, a lot of the time I don't understand, um, he is good and he's faithful. And, um, I'm a testimony of that because I, I have a beautiful life and Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed. And literally like every night when I'm laying my head on the pillow, I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, I'm kind of, I'm crying. (laughs) Um, like, I have this amazing husband and this beautiful child and mm. it's just it's truly good. So Yeah. If you are out there and you are having a hard time right now, whatever your situation may be, I just want you to have faith. Trust God. It's hard sometimes. Um, but he really is faithful and you are not alone. Um, I just want to encourage you too, like if you if you are experiencing anything like postpartum stuff, especially Um, If you are going through something hard, like reach out and talk to someone because that is truly what has brought healing and um, just shed light on things that I didn't even know were an issue and um, things that I was carrying into my marriage and into being a mom. um, And just the fact that I've been able to talk that through has truly like changed everything. So um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. (laughs) That's beautiful. I, I love it. Okay, well, so now I have some fun questions for you. Okay. Now that we've talked about your story. <laughs> um, and, and I just want to say again, um, thank you so much for opening up and just sharing and being vulnerable because I, um, I know even though it's been 20 years, but mm-hmm. still that this is probably not the easiest thing to just talk about. You yeah. know? So, Well, thank, thank you. you for having me and yeah. thank you for this podcast because truly it's I love every episode and I think you're doing a great Mm. job and you're going to be an amazing mom. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you on all levels. (laughs) Um, All right. So moving into our fun questions. This is something I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What are three things that you do every single day? Okay. So I wanted these to be fun, not just your run of the mill things, but truly things that I do every day. Uh-huh. Uh, my skincare routine, that is a non-negotiable. Yes. I pretty much wear makeup every day. I mean, I like wearing it, so why not? Yeah. Um, so I, it does not matter what time of the day it is. If it is 2 a.m., first of all, why am I up at 2 a.m.? But if it's 2 a.m., <laughs> um, I am doing my skincare routine. So I do my skincare routine every day. I drink coffee every day. I just, I love yeah. it. It's so good. You are a coffee Too lover. much, probably. Um, but I love my coffee. And I'm trying to think of my third thing. Um, my third thing would be I pray every day. That would be my third yeah. thing that I do every single That's day. That's a great thing to do every day. Yeah. And I heard, was it Clarissa that said she kisses her husband every day? Yes. We, I do do that as well. I like, <laughs> I will not leave the house until I'm like, Cliff, you have to kiss me. So we, That's, I do that too. That's so funny that you just brought that up because... Um, from Clarissa's episode, I think that was the most mentioned thing. Oh, I love it. About, no, I do too. Like <laughs> when she said that, I like, I came home and told Philip, I was like, we have to start kissing every day. Um, which we've been slacking on that lately. So I need to remind it, but that's just funny that you say that because so many people were yes. like, I love that she and her husband kiss every yes. day. Um, so Clarissa, you've inspired you many people. Um, in many ways. That's awesome. Did you drink coffee when you were pregnant? I did. Okay. Um, and I would really time it out to where it would be like where I could enjoy it the most during okay. the day. During my first trimester, I did not want any coffee. It did not sound good at mm-hmm. all to me. Um, and then I was strict on my one cup a day, even though I maybe fudged a few times and drank <laughs> some decaf. But yes, I drank like one cup a day. Okay. Because you do, you love coffee. I love it. So I would drink I just... it all day. Truly, I would carry a big thermos with me if I could. But... Yeah. You and Philip both. Yes, I try to I try to cap it off at like two to three cups a day. (laughs) 
<laughs> Cliff's like, okay. I drink one cup a day, just in my morning cup. And I'm like, well, that's nice, but that's nice. But I'm, I need more than that. Yeah. I just well, love the way it tastes. You see the coffee pots on over there. Philip made coffee right before he left. There and it is. It's like, it doesn't matter. He loves it. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. Coffee is more of like a, um, it's like a comfort food. Yes. Like I, I don't, don't need it. I don't drink it for the energy purposes. Yes. Now, I probably am addicted because if I were to go a day, I'd probably have a headache because I Mm -hmm. drink so much. But I just like it because it just makes me feel happy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a comfort food. Yes. But it's funny being pregnant. It Like, coffee even, it doesn't even smell good to me. Really? Right now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people probably feel that way. And I've tried. I've tried to drink a little bit and I'm like, ugh. Well, that's good. So, but I hope it comes back because I do kind of miss, you know, just... Having my coffee. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, so you do your skincare routine, you drink coffee, you pray, and you kiss Cliff. Yeah, bonus. Every day. A bonus round, yeah. <laughs> bonus you kiss round. Cliff every day. Every day. I love it. Um, all right, what are some books that you've read or maybe are reading right now that have impacted you? Okay, so I know someone has said this on your on an episode before, but Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Uh-huh. Love, love, love. I read that book years ago and just it has stuck with me I love it so much if you haven't read it you gotta read it mm-hmm. um and then we were talking about the Enneagram earlier and I love The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile Stable I don't know mm. um he also has a podcast too called Typology if you're interested in that but oh. um I love that book it's just um I love the Enneagram because it just kind of helps you discover things about yourself mm-hmm. like every time I read something I'm like oh that helps me to understand why I am the way I am a little yeah. bit more. Um, and then along with that, there's one called Becoming Us, and it's for, like, couples, that are, like, Enneagram and marriage and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So those are the probably the three books. Um, I'm sure there's more, but those were the first yeah. that came to mind. Is Cliff into the Enneagram like you are? So he says he's not. <laughs> but I think that he really is. And fun fact, he tested as a two, and we think he's a nine as well. Oh. So, is it even allowed for two people of the same Enneagram type to be married? <laughs> is it allowed? <laughs> is that against the rules? No, um, we're still kind of figuring it out, but he's he's somewhere in there. I don't know. But he, That's funny. He likes it, but he'll tell you he doesn't like it. Yeah. You know? Like, he has to act like he's Yeah, like, he's like, oh, it's Enneagram, but then oops. I'll catch him talking about it, so. Uh-huh. Which you tested as a one. I did. Mm-hmm. First, which yep. was, you and I bonded over that, because I'm a one as well. And then when I found out, you, well, when you found out and then told me that you were at nine, I was like, what? What? Like, I, yeah. I feel like I was as shocked as you. <laughs> it was a bit of a shock to me as well, but I felt just so understood. And uh, I am a wing one though, so we're not totally yeah. separate. Yeah, you that's I. true. That's true. And um, my last question to wrap up, what are, what's something about you that would surprise people? Okay, well, so I... I didn't really know what to say to this question because <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you, you know, like yeah. I'm kind of like open about stuff. Um, but I asked Cliff, what's one thing that like people would be shocked to know? And he said <laughs> that you don't like the movie Elf. And I don't. <laughs> I don't like the movie Elf. Because everybody loves Because everybody movie. loves the movie Elf. This is the thing. I love Will Ferrell. I love Christmas. Like, it has the makings of my favorite kind of movie. Uh-huh. I just, I've never been able to watch it all the way through. Hmm. And I, to me, that's a sign that it's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> is but, it like, what, does it just get on your nerves or is you know, it boring? I don't know. And I know I've quoted it before. Like, uh-huh. I know I've said things that are f- like a line from that movie, but I just, I just can't. I just can't do, do it, it for you. I've told Cliff and his mom, because they both love that movie, that I will sit down and watch it with you, and I will tell you if I change my opinion, but they've yet to make it happen, so... Well... I don't know, but... That is funny, because I do I do feel like Elf is one of those, like, across the board, everybody loves Elf. Everybody loves it. So that and is I'm not trying to be, you know, going against the grain, I just... Yeah. Just never done it for me. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, man. I should have been preparing for this. Mine's the Santa Claus. The oh. first one. I'll say, okay, the first Santa Claus, absolutely, and Home Alone, New York City. Oh, New York City. Okay. Love New York. I mean, all the, well, I like the two first two Home Alones. Yeah. When October 1st hits. Yes. 
I'm watching Hocus Pocus. Listen, I can count on you, Leanne. Hobby Lobby already has their decor out. Oh, I'm aware. And I have resisted <laughs> putting anything in my cart because I'm like, it is August. We cannot. But we already can, purchased. But we can. <laughs> no. It's you, okay. And do you know why I haven't purchased? Because you have so much decor already? Well, well, that's what Philip would say. Yes. No, because I haven't been out of the house because I'm too tired to go anywhere. Well... Which is That's probably totally saving. That's saving you. Me. It's okay. <laughs> now, is Philip going to be the one? Well, no, October 1st, you already have had your baby. I was going to say, yeah. Is Philip going to be the one to get these decorations down and put them out? Oh, he'll get but... them down. He gets them, yeah, he'll get okay. them down for me. Um, but yes, he, um, it's every year. He has some kind of comment to make. Like, he's like, I swear, do we have more de- decorations than we did last year? You're like, no. Like, no. He's going to start taking inventory. <laughs> yes. Like, I have my checklist. That's hilarious. Are, do you already have your Halloween costumes picked out for this year? You know what? We don't. Be, well, because the kid, this kid, I was going to say, you've off. got another one to think about. Uh, yeah. I'm do like, you know Cliff and I have already, we're like, I wonder if Philip and Leanne are going to have their Christmas, I mean, their Halloween party. Uh, oh, y'all, really, won, y'all won last year, didn't you? We've won, I've won a You've few won a couple years times. in a row. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you came with so, Hagrid one year? <laughs> I literally said, Cliff, Sydney's going to be looking back at these pictures and be like, Mom, what are you doing? I'm like dressed up as Hagrid. Well, and your zombie Princess Leia was pretty good. Yes. That was a good one. Um, okay, I want to talk about your um, oil. <laughs> okay. Uh, love for oils. So you're big into essential oils. Yes. This is like, and, and we'll link your um, Instagram, essentially, okay. Holly, on there, <laughs> uh, on the show notes. But tell us how you got into that. So I've kind of always been like a, not a hippie, but I've kind of always been on the side of like healthy things, you know, here and there in moderation. Um, And so probably like four or five years ago, I had the flu during Christmas Mm. and a friend of mine was like, hey, if you can get to my house, I have something that's going to help you. And I was like, okay. And so I went over to her house and um, I was like, getting better but it was like when I still had a really bad headache and all this stuff yeah. and so she gave me these oils and was like put these on the bottom of your feet and da 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 and it helped me like it helped my congestion and all that stuff and so I was like oh okay and kind of like didn't really revisit it or anything yeah um and then so about two or three years ago somebody invited me to an oils party and I was like I mean sure I'll go mm-hmm. and so um they had like had all these oils set out and it smelled so good, and she, like, talked about them and did all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a jewelry party or yeah. whatever. And I just was like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. And so um, I ended up, like, purchasing a kit, and I really liked them, but I never really, like, did anything with them. And then when I was pregnant with Samuel, I was kind of went down a rabbit hole one day and was like, oh my gosh, we've got to do everything natural for him. Like I was making my baby <laughs> registry and I was like, only glass bottles, only this. Like yeah. kind of down a really dark hole and I was like, wait a second, like let's circle back. We're okay. Uh-huh. Um, but kind of in the search for like good for him products, I was like, well, I mean, I really did love oils and I did a little more research and I found out like these really are good for us. And so um, all of that to say, I bought another, I bought some more oils and I started using them. And then, um, I really used them a lot when I was postpartum and kind of had a lot of that emotional Mm. stuff going on. And they, that's why I love them. I just love them because they help to support our emotions and they're not toxic and they make your house smell good and you can use them for like a thousand different things. So, um, yeah, so I've just kind of been using them since I had him and I really love them and, um, I'm on a really fun team where we get to just, we're on Voxer all day long, just talking and yeah. learning and yeah, so I love them. That's great. Well, and I've, you know, from your Instagram, cause you'll do videos of like, Hey, today we're talking about like washing your fruit. You know, yes. you did one of that, like how to wash your fruit using oils and stuff anyway. Um, and so I've picked up on some tips and I got those dryer balls yes, Leanne. and like sprinkled some oils on there you through. go girl but i also i use scented detergent so listen one step at a time there's no shame here i, feel I love like a good gain like or cancels each other out because <laughs> i still smell my detergent yeah and i do smell the oils like from the dryer balls but i'm like oh but my detergent also yeah smells so anyway. listen one step at a time it's okay yeah. There's no shame. Um, but I did order some oils that you told me for, like Gentle Baby and <gasps> Kids Scent. Yeah, so I have them 
in his room. You go, waiting. girl. I love it. And yeah, so I'm, I'm learning from you. Yes. Well, Thank I'm glad. you. Glad. Glad. Yeah. I love it. Well, we'll link that in the show notes so people can find you okay. on Instagram and um, follow your oily journey. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out today and chit chatting. And thank you for having me. Yeah, this was great. Yes. Y'all, isn't she lovely? I absolutely adore her and her heart. Please make sure you look Holly up on social media. We will have where to find her in the show notes. Give her a follow and show her some serious loving. Thank y'all for tuning in today and we can't wait to see you next time on Get Up Girl.